What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hughes to Healing podcast. It's Dr. Pam and Dr. Janae back here with another mental health conversation. But before we get into it, let's do our check-ins. How you doing, Dr. Janae? It was a week. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, It was a lot of things in the mix. I don't know if Mm. I responded the best, but we have pushed through. So it's it's good. You know, you was there for a lot of my trenches and my struggles. I was like, sis. Yeah, get me. he's calling on the tribe for sure. Definitely needed us this week, but I'm y'all glad we there. could show so up. Shout out to y'all, you know, so it has been better. It's been on the men using my coping skills, leaning on my folks. How's your week? My week has been okay. Like, I feel like I've been having just a lot of just wading in the water, just kind of like moving and going through the motions. Like, it's not bad. It's not good, We but we here. That's what's we been here. going on. We here, okay. right? So this week, I have an interesting topic I want to get into, right? I want to get into the notion of what's holding you back. Because a lot of times when we come on here and we're talking to our friends and our homegirls and our homies, we're talking about doing the work. We're talking about giving them more information, giving them pieces to kind of like reflect on, right? Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like once you've done the reflection, you got all the insight and you figured out what your what your issues are, your your symptoms, your triggers, whatever that may be. Once you figured it out, what is still holding you back from actually like taking action, right? Mm-hmm. So that particular notion was triggered because I was watching this vlog by Miss Jamima on, on the YouTubes. So when I was watching the vlog, she made a specific comment and we're going to play it for you right here for context. I wasn't necessarily receptive to to therapy because in a weird way, it was like I didn't want to get better. Um, sometimes grief and struggle, while it hurts us, also comforts us because it's unknown, right? We know it. We're almost comfortable with it. We're used to it we haven't dealt with it for so long it's like we don't know anything else so that comment stuck out to me because when we think about like the stuff that we're struggling with mentally it's always in this uh realm of okay well now I figured it out I want to do better but she highlighted that sometimes we don't want to get better and it's like what's holding us back from wanting to get better what is triggering that kind of lack of motivation to actually take action, right? And I remember when you sent it to me, I was like, she's really in her bag with this one because I only saw a part of her vlog. I wasn't able to watch the full thing, but that statement was so profound. And as a therapist, it's Mm -hmm. so common. Think about in your experience as well, how many times we have clients who show up, right? They're ready to do the work, whatever the Mm -hmm. work may be. Um, They are, again, I tell people oftentimes, I don't do court mandated treatment. So if you hear it's because you want to be, I didn't ask you, I didn't solicit you. So you've come in, you've identified an issue. We've made a diagnosis or two, a treatment plan, we're doing stuff. And yet, and still, you're not progressing. Those symptoms are not decreasing. Um, You're not Mm -hmm. healing. And nine times out of 10, it is because that person, that individual who came to therapy to get better, they are standing in their own way. So when she talked about depression as her character trope, I was like, that is really what it is. Mm -hmm. We've talked about 
the resistance of, you know, there's a difference between not knowing that you have an issue or being in denial that you have a problem or being right. scared to make the changes or being uneasy about vulnerability, which we just spent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some time talking about a couple of episodes ago. But what you're bringing to everyone's attention, which I think is so important is, no, you know, all of that stuff. We've gotten past all of that. And yet and still, you are at this impasse. You are at this crossroad and not doing what you should be doing, what you need to be doing. And why is that? Exactly. Because it's like, you then try to search into yourself. It's like being sick. What is it giving to me? Because at, at the end of the day, we know there's nothing that we're doing that we're going to continue to do if it's not serving a purpose. Whether it's good or bad or indifferent, everything we do, we do because it serves a purpose, right? So with that being said, for her, her depression was her character trope that was like, oh, you know, she's always mad. She over there in the corner with her hoodie on. Like, that's just who she is. You know, let her have her moment. Like, for me, I've talked and I've been kind of vulnerable about how, like, sometimes I can be pretty conflict avoidant when it depends on what it is. And it's not simply because I don't want to address it, but it's like I have all these things going on. Everything's happening all at once. I cannot afford to become undone. And I'm not going to have the energy to address the issue, talk about the issue, feel the feelings, do all that. So I'm going to just ignore it. I'm going to say, yep, yep, everything's great. So I could focus on everything else. And then I start to compartmentalize. Right. And that's my thing. And I know that's not what I mean. I'm a whole therapist. I know I'm not supposed to do that. (laughs) Right. But But the human side of you sneaks in because the same happens to me. I know all the things, all the language. But I talked about this a couple episodes ago where anger was often my shield. It was my protective, um, my protective guard. Right. Mm -hmm. And. In operating out of anger, that was often holding me back, but that it also became my trope. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. you pissed Janae off? Listen, it's, it's going this way, that way, and this way. So it was like, in order for me to step out of that identity that I had built on tra- off of trauma, um, mm-hmm. it was really hard to step out of that. And there's so much fear in that. So we talk about the vulnerability, right? But there is a fear and there is a disconnect between identity Mm -hmm. sometimes where it's like, well, if I grow out of this thing, if I heal from this thing, if I operate differently than this way that I have been my entire life for as long as I can remember, you'd be Mm -hmm. like, who am I? So you find yourself in an identity conflict sometimes when, and so you allow that thing that you don't like about yourself or that others don't like about you, or that's in the way of your healing to stay present because you're so unsure and scared of what's on the Mm -hmm. other side that you like, look, we not we good just right gonna here, stay but we here. good enough. We gonna we stay just here. We gonna stay here. Cause why? This is familiar. Yep. Happiness is not familiar to me. Chaos is. You just Craziness was talking about is. that on Instagram. You was, yes. you was preaching. I was. My Dr. Pamism. Where basically, if you are not tapped into our Instagram, tap in because we got the gems. But I was just saying, there are some people who create conflict in every situation because the concept of peace and happiness is so unfamiliar to them. Because they don't know what that means. They don't know what that feels like. They're uneasy. They're uncomfortable in that. But chaos, trauma, depression, anger, that's their known. So those are the people in our lives that we're like, bro, everything was going good. Like, how do you just start with your craziness? Right. And they start to self-sabotage or they start putting themselves in high risk situations. And you're like, bro, everything was fine. Why would you do that? 
Yeah. Like you on the outside yeah. looking in, you're like, you were going so good. You're the champions, the tribe. They're like, don't, don't, don't do the thing. Right. And yeah. I think we can see that even in our lives with our, like our family members or friends. Right. So think about the cookout. Think about the family reunion where we have the one auntie that's always going to pop off and always going <laughs> to say something crazy and start some mess. Mm-hmm. Auntie Tina over there starting some mess. Right. Again, and it's all that's like just who she is. That's just who she is. You know, Auntie Tina, that's, you know, she a little rough around the edges. Black people love to say that. So they're just rough around the edges. That's just, that's just mm-hmm. who she is. You know, her daddy wasn't in her life, <laughs> you no, know, and then this they start giving like, all of these. She mean well, she mean, she no, mean uh, well. Because again, intent and impact is two different things. So you meant well, but you didn't do me well. You didn't, you didn't do me well. So we need to focus on that. But like you said, that auntie, that's always got something slick to say, or that, Mm -hmm. you know, that drunk uncle or the homegirl that's always, you know, low key with the shade. We make excuses for that in others and in ourselves. And like you said, Mm -hmm. we have identified these symptoms as our universal being, as our character show. And we don't, internally reflect enough about how much we as human beings are creatures of habit Thank and you. we align with the things that are normal to us no matter how dysfunctional no matter mm-hmm. how unhealthy and so when you finally have this awakening or someone brings it to your attention or you're just tired of the way in which you've been navigating mm-hmm. the world it's like I need to do different it all sounds good until you actually have to do different and that's why mm-hmm. every episode we say do the work and do the work means whatever particular journey you're on, step into it, lean into it, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's unknown, because that is where your healing is on the other side of. And so we get all the way to the edge of that cliff and we look over and be like, "Mm, nah, I'm good. mm, I'm okay. It's like, who all over there? I don't know if I want to gum anymore. What's going on over there, right? Because like you said, the pain, the, the uncomfortable comfort is real you're used to it um Mm -hmm. and it can go beyond just being a character trope it can go beyond just feeling comfortable it can also go and tap into our poor self-esteem our low Mm self-esteem our depression our negative self-thoughts um our anxiety where somewhere just somewhere in our unconscious we believe we deserve to suffer So we keep putting ourselves in positions where we're like just miserable and suffering because we think this is all we have and all we can have, or we're not allowed, or we do not deserve anything better than what we have already. And I mean, again, all of those are just like results of the trauma, the poor history in our growing up and things that we've internalized and kind of like put on as a cloak of protection. Mm -hmm. So now we just kind of sit in that. Right. It's so it's it's so compacted and people don't realize that. And we've talked about this before, where people have a very one dimensional view of trauma and Mm. they feel like if I didn't have this catastrophic event or something that happened to me that changed the course of my life, very, um, very in my face, very loud and, and, you know, things like that they believe like, oh, it's good. And most of us are operating out of a trauma lens and don't mm-hmm. realize that. And so that's where so much of therapy comes in to help you recognize, like you realize that's not normal. You realize that that response is a defense mechanism. You do that because you've been let down. You've been that, you do that because you've been unsupported or unseen. The person's like, nah, I've just always done that. And it's like, yeah, but Thank it's you. a problem. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's where your homegirls who happen to be therapists are always going to challenge you and say, there is a space in therapy for, again, most, if not all of what we as human beings go through and to become our best version of ourselves, it requires us to recognize just because this is my normal doesn't mean that it's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. I am acting like this to protect myself. I am acting like this because this is a characteristic or a trait that has been passed down to me generation after generation or through my culture doesn't mean it's right. And so when you think about, am I living my best life? Am I being my best self? And am I allowing things to hold me back? If you sit with that reflection and really think about what we're saying, most of us will say, you have something that's holding you back. And so it's, it's time to think about what that is and how you can do differently. Very true. Now, now I'm about to say something. I don't know if they're going to get mad at me, but Uh I mean, we just, we just going to talk about it. I think one of the biggest ways we see this now, come on. I love the Zodiacs, the, the, I'm a Taurus, I'm an Aries, I'm a this, I'm a that. But sometimes we see that with that when people are like, Oh, you know, um, I'm a fire sign, so I'm very emotional, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, girl, no, you just be popping off. You have anger issues. Yeah, <laughs> no, you just the asshole, or the ones that come on, or it's like, oh, you know, um, because of my earth sign, I have to feel wanted, and I have to feel like this, and my love language is this. No, you're clingy, and you have poor boundaries, and you don't want to. You don't want she to deal with there. that. I mean, All let's right. talk about it. I saw the let's talk about somebody's going to be uncomfortable. So now we're looking for things to validate our poor behaviors and our maladaptive Absolutely. thoughts and our poor Absolutely. dispositions because we want to make it okay. Mm-hmm. We look for yep. what aligns with the nonsense that we're doing so we don't identify it as nonsense or something that we need to change. Oh, girl. I made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. You really caught them out. But <laughs> in love, in love and for the purpose of growth. But that is so true. How many times do we sit there and try to make excuses for our bad behavior? Well, my mama was like this. And like you said, I'm this sign or I grew up, I'm from here. And it's like, nah, bro, like Ooh, you just trash. Like, love to put it on a city. Love to put Listen. it on a scene. And it's like, don't, don't act like everybody up over there acting like that. That's you and your crew. <laughs> don't, don't put that okay. on everybody else. Okay. And pe- but I think people also use it. People just use it to justify their bad behavior, but people also try to put this badge of honor over all their great qualities, right? Think about mm. that when it's like, oh, I do all of these things. I'm a therapist. I'm a helper. I'm a healer. And it's just like, no, you're codependent and you need validation externally. Like, come on, come on. Like, stop. Don't, mm-hmm. don't try to do, I'm a nurse and I just love saving lives. And, and that may be true, but When you are attaching your identity, your job, the city that you're from, the day that you were born and the time that the stars align to everything that that do not even make any sense together once you lace it up. (laughs) And they are trying to make the shoe fit so much to justify their good, their bad, their in between. But I also think it goes back to, you know, we want to belong. We want to be seen. We want to Mm, be heard. So these things put us in a part of a community. They make us belong somewhere. So whether it's pretty or it's ugly, we stand and we stick in beside it and we stand in on it. For sure. And it's like, no, step away from that and realize that this identity that you've adopted off of this one set of events or this one trauma 
You're mm-hmm. now that is what's holding you back because you have now internalized that and you are outwardly making the people, other people believe, as well as yourself believe that this is why you are who you are and how you are without realizing that that is what's done in your growth, point blank period. Exactly. Because as humans, as living being creatures, we're expected to progress, develop, move forward, change. You, Pam, uh, when I was 20, it's definitely not Pam here in the 30s or it's not going to be Pam in the 40s. There has to be some type of progression. So I can't still show up and show out in the same ways, especially when I've learned to do better and seen examples of better. I cannot sit on that crutch of, oh, that's just how I am. But if that's not comfortable to me, if I don't, if this is no longer serving me, when I do all the things and I pop off and I have the whole moment and then I come back and I'm sitting with myself and I'm like, dang, I shouldn't have did that. Why am I still doing that then? So, yeah. you know, we're always going to talk about the real things. We're always going to point it out, but we're always going to come with a solution. So it's like, what's the takeaway? What's the takeaway from this? The takeaway from this is you shine a light on what's really holding you back so you can get it out the way. Right? So we first start with the rethinking our thinking. So instead of starting to look for things to justify the things that we know are not so great or things that we know we need to change, we need to start confronting that. We need to start identifying that, okay, yeah, this is not normal. This is not okay. I shouldn't be popping off every single time I feel slight discomfort or when people say something I don't want to admit to or I don't agree with, whatever it may be. First, let's start with the rethinking our thinking. Then we have to identify what is it that we're gaining from this thing? Like for our sis in the vlog, her thing was like, that's my character trope. Like people just knew me for being doom and gloom and I was okay with that because people would leave me alone, right? And that that just identifies and goes right back to her depression that she was dealing with because she wanted to isolate. She didn't want nobody to bother her. It was her protective shield, if you will. Okay. So it was like her protective shield. She was like not messing with those around her. So she didn't have to. So what's the easiest way of saying get out? Putting on this depressive look, being mad, being solemn, being by herself so that she didn't have to deal with people talking to her, dealing with her, whatever have you. For me, I don't address the issue, so I don't have to deal with it, so I don't have to feel the feeling, so I don't have to dot, 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 fill in the blank. Or the aunt that's like popping off at everybody, maybe sis just doesn't know how to identify or feel her feelings or work on them, so her way of communicating, air quotes, is just to put it all out there on Front Street. But for Mm -hmm. her, that gets her heard. For me, that makes me avoid this uncomfortable feeling that I don't want to feel. For Jamima, it was, I don't have to deal with people. So what are you gaining mm-hmm. from this? Identify that. And once we identify that, we challenge it. And we do the work, take action. Back to what you were saying, where it's like, we actively do something different. It's not, it's, it has to go beyond the journal topics. It has to go beyond the hour session with your therapist. It has to go beyond the key keys with your friends. You actually have to actively do something different. 
That's the take action. Mm -hmm. That's the call to move and do something. Absolutely. I think all of those are sound. And then after you've done all of those things, you have to move forward in intentionality. You have to be Mm -hmm. extremely proactive in the decisions that you're making because you've identified why, where it comes from and how Mm -hmm. it's habit. So you're moving against that habit and you're challenging yourself consistently and daily. So that's where the intentionality comes from. And then you're proactive so that these things don't resurface. You can already recognize, oh, I'm going to go into a situation where I feel triggered. So instead of me allowing myself to have this natural re-jerk reaction, this natural knee-jerk reaction, I'm going to actually stop and think about what I'm going to do. I might kind of role play it in my head and not overthink it and not script the interaction, but I'm just going to talk myself through some potential scenarios so that I can do better and I can do what's more aligned with who I am and who I would like to be. And that's Mm -hmm. where the proactive comes from. And then once you do those things, there's the consistency of it. You walk in that intentionality and that proactive nature and you're consistent in that. And that's how you impact change. That's how the change becomes an actual part of your identity. So it's moving from the doing the work to actually walking in the work and leaning into the work. Exactly. Because you got to think about it. It took you years and decades and a long time to get to this position, which where you're doing this Mm -hmm. and it's almost second nature. So it's going to take a while to unlearn those behaviors because that's your autopilot. Mm -hmm. That's your baseline. You can do that without thinking. So. As soon as we um, stop paying attention or stop being intentional, we go right back to default settings. We're going right back to reacting. We're going right back to popping off. So just because we make one change, it's not enough. We got to be consistent. We got to be persistent. So we continue to go to therapy. We continue to actively choose to do something different in each scenario. Or we also Mm -hmm. identify those moments where I'm like, yo, I'm about to walk into this situation that can be potentially triggering and I know I'm not at my best. So I'm not going to take myself into that situation. I'm going to set a boundary for myself this day. I'm going to do this as opposed to this. And don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. There's still going to be moments where you automatically go to default. But in those moments, what do you learn from it? What do you learn from it? What is a a new trigger that you didn't realize was there? What is a new situation Mm -hmm. that you didn't realize was triggering, right? Um, So although we fall or although we have like a relapse, if you will, how do we come back from that? What is the lesson in it? Because like when we're talking about like addiction or like substance abuse, right? It's like, yeah, 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 I'm sober. I haven't done it in how long, right? But then something happens and then boom, you relapse. And then there's the shame and guilt from the relapse and then you sit in it. And then now here we are on a bend. Same thing with our behavior. Same thing with these thoughts, right? We have a moment where we lose our cool and we're like, shit, there goes all the work I've done. So now you're just sitting in it. You're like, man, you're like, let me get a cover. Let me get a pillow. I'm just about to lay in this. This is, I'm, I'm done. But no, you got to get up from that and and push through it and see, okay, well, where did I misstep? How could I have done this differently for so next time, if I see it coming, I'm able to identify it. That is the yeah. consistency. That is the proactiveness. That is the intentionality that we're talking about. For sure. You was using your big bag with this one today. I hope that, you know, after they, you know, the little sting of getting called out, I hope they'd be like, you know what, Dr. Pam, <laughs> you're right. I'm going to rethink my thinking. 
I'm going to identify why, what is my shield? What has been my benefit from my problematic behavior? What has been my benefit of this character trope? Challenge that thought pattern, take action, do the work and continue to walk in intentionality and be proactive and consistent because listen, there's so much for you on the other side when you do this. Come on, yes. $3.99. (laughs) There you go. I know it came out like a little sour patch kid today, but we in the sweetness once we start doing the work. (laughs) So let's transition here and talk about our listener letter for the week. All right. So this week we have Joshua. Joshua says, what's up, Dr. Janae and Dr. Pam? I've been listening since season one. Come on. Real one. Shout out to Raven. We will let her know. And I'm loving Dr. Pam's vibe. Oh, hey. I like that, too. Y'all really feel like my homegirls. Um, LOL, thank you for holding this space for us each week. My question is about grief. I'm curious to know if you have any advice or strategies for coping with the loss of a loved one who is still alive. My dad was given a diagnosis that came with an expiration date, and we are all trying to keep a happy face for him, but we're struggling. I'm struggling. Any advice, tips, or strategies are welcome. Thanks. What do you have for Mr. Joshua? Thank you for writing in, Joshua. Uh, First and foremost, really sorry to hear about your dad and um, how difficult that must be for him and your family as well. Um, It's it's rough. It's hard to navigate. There's no right answer. There's no one answer. Um, But you bring up grief when somebody is still alive. And there's many a times that we're grieving the loss of someone who is still physically on this earth. And In a lot of cases, that can be more difficult than grieving somebody who has passed on Mm -hmm. because you still see that person and you're estranged or you like in this case that you're mentioning, you see this person, but you know that that's coming with a time and we all have a time. Right. But there are certain circumstances that remind us of that a little bit more presently than just the fact that life is fleeting for all of us. Um, Mm -hmm. And in those situations, you have to be very honest with yourself. You talked about putting on a happy face for your dad, which I'm imagining is because you want his last moments to be happy. You want Mm -hmm. to have great positive memories with him. You want to make him comfortable, but don't box yourself into that toxic positivity, if you will, or that um, like hopeless optimism allow yourself to be sad, allow yourself to go through the grieving process, allow yourself to be heartbroken in the midst of your happiness, to be grateful for the moments that you have with your dad, knowing that they are soon to come to an end in this present lifestyle. So um, give give yourself space to feel all of your feelings and to know that they are all valid, that some days are going to be better than others, and that everything doesn't have to be happiness and happy faces and sunshines and rainbows. Like you can sit and cry with your dad. You can sit and cry with your family that are helping to create Mm -hmm. this space of happiness for your dad. Um, You can put on that happy face for your dad and then step away from him and go to your community and talk about how difficult that was. You can find a therapist that you can talk about. I need to start navigating the grieving process. And my dad is still alive, Um, but he's ill, but he is passing soon. Um, so grief does not start when we lose something or someone grief starts whenever your heart is broken. So knowing that validating that, and then finding support in it and knowing that there are good days, bad days, and that there are 
good times in the bad days and bad times in the good ones. So um, again, don't think in this black or white or all or nothing thinking, knowing that these feelings are going to flow and come in waves. Sometimes they're going to crash up against you um, Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to feel all of those things. So um, I hope that that's helpful. That is my advice. Personally, I've had to go through that as well. And that's what kept me centered, grounded, insane in that process. Um, and yeah, they're, the rough days, allow them to be rough. Make sure you've identified support. And if you're not already, if you're not already in therapy, I would strongly encourage you to get in therapy to start navigating those difficult emotions or those that you may not be able to lean on your personal support system for. For sure. I think that's great advice. And then also just like giving a point to the here and now so that you can experience and actually live in the moment. So when you're having those moments with your dad, being able to experience that in real time instead of being lost in your head and worried about, oh, man, is this the last time? Is this the last time? Um, Definitely with the therapy, because I think when we as children lose parents, especially if we're very close to them, Um, It's hard seeing the person that was responsible for your life for so long be human and and go through Mm -hmm. those modes, especially with like illness. You see you see the person just kind of like, you know, fading before you. And that's hard to deal with sometimes. Right. Um, So having those spaces like as far as like therapy and friends um, and we stress therapy big because therapy is that space where you can really sit there and make that about you because that is about you. And you can identify your feelings about it or you can feel the feelings that you have about it, whether even if you guys weren't close and and there's animosity dealing with that, feeling bad about that, you know, doing all of that, that therapy is the core where you can really unclose those bottled up emotions that's going to be triggered as you're going through this this process, right? But also being able to, have a space for that and have a space for experiencing the here and now with your, with your family members, with your dad, with your friends, and just allowing yourself to be a real human. Everything is not all peachy keen and rainbows. Like you said, just being okay with that and understanding that it can change within the next day, the next hour, the next minute, and just take it step by step. I do agree. For sure. And that's going to lead us into our therapist recommendation, which Joshua, I hope this is helpful for you and your family, as well as everyone listening to this episode. So this week I have a book recommendation for us. Um, It is a book that I personally have enjoyed. I've recommended it to a ton of clients. And I think that is also in alignment with today's topic. Um, It is a book by Thich Nhat Hanh called Peace is Every Step. Um, Really short read, easy read. It's all about mindfulness and the here and now. So that was actually spot on, Dr. Pam. Um, But if you're not familiar with his work, he is um, he was a Vietnamese Zen master. um, And this book is going to call you to use deep listening, deep looking and reflection um, and just loving speech, the ways in which we talk about ourselves and our lives. And it's a way to foster peace. Um, in our individual selves and in the world around us. So it's a really good book. I think that it sets off the light bulb for some folks. I've had many conversations. Again, as I mentioned, I have assigned this as homework to clients in part or in whole, and we have really fruitful discussion about it. Um, And when you think about the title of the book, again, Peace is Every Step, it's this reminder that every breath that we take, every step that we make, um, everything that we do 
can be filled with like peace and serenity in some way, shape or form. Like no life is not perfect. And that's kind of what we were just talking about. But you can find beauty in every part of your journey if you are intentional enough about it and you're mindful enough about being present with what's going on. Mm -hmm. So peace is right there for us. Um, And as long as we cultivate it, it will reciprocate to us. So check that book out again, Peace is Every Step. And let us know what you think. I really hope that you guys picked that up and I want to hear what you took away from it. Ooh, I might have to tap in with Mr. Zen Master. That sounds really interesting. Well, thank you guys for listening in. That's our episode for this week. Thanks for tuning in and taking time to connect with us. But now it's time to do that work and you got this. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and check out our free mental health resource guide. It's linked in the notes. Please leave us some reviews. It helps others find us and it also lets us know what your thoughts are. We'll do a weekly call for listening letters on Instagram. So write us to get a chance to get some insight from us, your homegirls. Who happen to be therapists? See you next week.